Welcome to the Resilience Rising podcast with me, your host, Jen Scottney. With the help of my guests, we will be getting curious about what resilience is, how we develop it and why we need it. This podcast is here to explore all things resilience. I'm here with Beth Pascal. Beth is a leading ultra runner with GB Vests and a list of incredible results as long as some of her races. She's won the 100-mile Western States Run, the 260-mile Montane Spine Race, the Spine Challenger, the Highland Fling and many others. She's come fourth at UTMB, second at Dragon's Back Race and she holds the female Bob Graham round record in a time of 14 hours 34 minutes as well as the record for the Cape Rath Trail in Scotland. She's run for Great Britain, is supported by Salomon Running and other brands, as well as working as a paediatric doctor. Anyone who follows Beth can see that she loves being out in the mountains and the landscapes that the races take her to. But injuries since 2021 have taken her out of running and training. She has been out on a bike, recently completing the single stage Atlas Mountain Race, a race of over 1,300 kilometres. But I've no doubt she's missing running. And I'm so grateful she's here to talk to us about the journey of the last 18 months and what happens when we can't do the one thing that we love. Oh, welcome to the podcast, Beth. Hi, Jen. It's it's good to be here and chatting chatting to you um, about something that is... uh, that has been uh, troubling both of us. Um, I know. I kind of wish we weren't talking because I only started this podcast because I can't run, and I'm only asking you because you can't run for certain, <laughs> certainly, or haven't been able to run for a bit. So that's a bit sad. But away from that, yes, it is nice to see you. <laughs> um, yeah, and we'll have we'll have lots to talk about. I'm sure. <laughs> trying not to, to trying to keep it positive as well. But yeah, uh, I mean. <laughs> Western States, that was amazing. Well done on that. And it seemed like you were really in the form of your life going into that race. It just was amazing. I remember like I was out in the Peak District on a run overnight for some reason and like checking the updates of how you were getting on. <laughs> it well, must thank have been you. amazing. Um, thank you for starting the podcast on a positive note. <laughs> I haven't thought about that race for a while. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it was, I just had my my yeah the the race of my life I suppose um uh and yeah looking back now like when when you're running well and racing well and everything's kind of going to plan it's the easiest thing in the world Mm. um and yeah I look back and probably at the time I thought it was really hard and I've been so disciplined with training and you know I was really resilient for being able to to you know run that well and I look back and think oh gosh that was so easy <laughs> that's that exactly so what I feel as well I mean I, yeah it's really strange I have had runners like say oh do you want me on the podcast and I'm thinking well you're going to tell us about that time you're resilient because you got through a blister or something like that <laughs> because I would yeah. have said that like a few years ago I would have said that but yeah, um, it, yeah. it's interesting that when you when you are when things are going well that's when everyone is is telling you you're doing so well and everyone's um you know you, you you know yourself as well that things are going well you don't need people to tell you that you're doing well and you know everyone's so impressed um but but and then things yeah you have some sort of setback and and then yeah people sometimes say oh yeah like that must be hard 
you know, no one's really telling you on a daily basis that, that like how great you are. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas actually that's the time where you need that encouragement, not, not when you're running really well, because as I said, I think that's, that's, that, that's really easy. Yeah. 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 I definitely feel that as well. So when you had that setback and that kind of first sign of injury, did you have any idea how serious it was at the time and how long the process would be trying to get back to running? No, I I had a gut feeling that it was pretty bad, um, but every, every all the the um, my physio and doctors and things, everyone was quite encouraging um, and said, "Oh yeah, this will be three months." Um, which probably sounded devastating at the time like (laughs) uh yeah I guess so but but it it I think I was I knew from the start that it didn't behave in a in a way that any injury I'd ever had behaved in as in normally if you rest things start to get better pretty quickly but but yeah with with this it was different so yeah I I I don't, it's easy for me to say now, but I look back and at the time, I, I, yeah, I think, I think I knew that it was, it was quite significant. Yeah. And I'm guessing it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Like, although looking back, like it's been about 18 months, I think, since I saw you kind of racing and training, but I think you yeah. have tried to run. Have there been periods where it's looked a little bit more hopeful that things were going well? And then there's been more setbacks. How's the journey been? Yeah, I did. I did get better for a short period um, last year. So I was able to run for two or three months. Although I I knew that it, things weren't right. I still had pain. But I did go from not being able to walk without pain to be able to run with just a little bit of pain. So it was much better. But it yeah, it wasn't I knew that things weren't weren't right. Um, and then, yeah, the, it, it all kind of came back again. And, and since then, I haven't seen, haven't seen a lot of progress. Um, but things are still better than they were in the first six months of the injury. That makes sense. So I can, I can do more. I can go out on my bike. I just can't walk or run. Oh, even walking. Yeah. Well, short distances mm. is okay. Carrying my bike yeah so, so you're carrying your bike up as snow <laughs> oh it's Mountain. okay but but um yeah generally weight-bearing activities are, are not good I think that's something that I've had where I mean obviously I miss running and I'd love to go back to running but actually I'm in a lot of pain day to day and just mm-hmm. getting up the stairs and trying to work and things like that are really painful and it, obviously people don't see that one so much so I've really yeah sometimes running hasn't been at the forefront of my mind I just want to walk pain-free and get out of bed pain-free and things like that yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's funny how your um your expectations or your what you want to be able to do does change quite quickly I I imagine perhaps like me at at the start like your main concern is losing fitness or or something like that and that that quickly becomes like the least important thing in the world Um, and yeah as you say transition to be able to just do day-to-day activities with without pain and sometimes it's not it's not the um 
the pain itself. It's just that the pain is the reminder of all the things that you can't do. Mm. Um, And I guess like how, you know, you're a doctor, you've got this medical background and I'm kind of imagining that you use that to do a lot of research into your issues and injuries and things. I mean, I did. I'm not a doctor and I was signing up for, you know, podcasts that were geared to professionals and seminars and things and reading books by surgeons and way out of what I kind of yeah, knew. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, sometimes I'm, I'm not I, sure it really helped me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I've definitely read every pretty much every single research paper ever published about about my my condition um <laughs> yeah so I I can totally relate to that um it's yeah I don't I don't know it's it's mixed really it depends what you read um I think what I kind of took from it is everybody is so different that there's not going to be one pathway that I can read and it'll be like yeah do this do that and then you can do this <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> where yeah, it's like yeah. okay and also for me like knee replacements and finding out about those that I'm not the typical age for knee replacements and so there was a lot of um, data and studies that didn't seem that relevant for me yeah I can imagine that the rehab and things would be would you'd be able to progress much faster than yes. <laughs> than, than most anyway yeah and probably have different ambitions to to what you want to be able, what you want to be able to do Yes, definitely. So kind of, yeah, I'm guessing I for this podcast, I'm more interested in the uh, less of the physical and more of the mental journey that you've been on as well. I mean, it must have had some really dark times for you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, uh, yeah, and it's it's interesting how, I mean, we'll talk about resilience in a minute, but I think when you asked me to do this podcast, you said that you you felt that I'd I'd been quite resilient, or you thought that I'd coped better with my my injury than you had, which which I'm I'm almost certain is not the, not the case. <laughs> we well, haven't put yeah. all. The, yeah, I know, and I I'm guilty of this so much. Like the stories that you tell yourself that everybody else is just coping really well, yeah, and, and it, I'm the only one that's yeah, lying, and it's, lying there crying on the sofa. <laughs> and I guess you're basing this off what what you see on social media, which actually I don't think you have been posting that much. It's not. Like... <laughs> I, ha- I, I haven't. So you've just you've just imagined it completely. <laughs> And I and I'm thinking the opposite. Like, oh, Jen, she's always out taking nice pictures. <laughs> well, I think also like having I... a nice time, pictures <laughs> of your dog. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I have been able to do that, so it's definitely not been like when I've had a chronic illness and been bed bound. Then it, I haven't been posting anything. But compared to that, at least I can get out. I think I saw you kind of. You've been so out on your bike as well and really fit and I do feel like I haven't managed to keep up my fitness and so maybe that's where it was based on as well um I I'm I'm not nowhere near as fit as I have been for most of the like the last 10 years probably Mm. and in the the first six months of my injury I was very limited I couldn't cycle I I really could do very little Um, I even, you know, I would get worried about walking from the car park at work into the hospital. And so, so yeah, like I I was pretty unfit and I by no means have 
have uh, <laughs> have regained my fitness. Um, and part of that is um, is as I said, like I, I, I can ride my bike, but I almost. Um, it's just not the most important thing at the moment. It hasn't been like the the main focus to get as fit as possible. Um, so yeah, there's been a, I guess a, a kind of conscious shift there that it's just yeah, it's just not the most important thing anymore. Um, so yeah, going back to resilience, when I said that, <laughs> I thought you were going to come and give me this wonderful <laughs> kind of bible of how I should be dealing with it, but maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> But in terms of the resilience, like what does that mean to you? And is this a period of your life where you really feel like, yeah, you've had to uh, dig in and find that resilience? Uh, yes, yeah. So I, it's been certainly the most challenging time of my life that I can remember. Although I have, I did go through something a, a, a little bit similar. Um, uh, a, a while ago which maybe we can touch on but but to me resilience is about not being completely derailed by setbacks um and I guess by derailed um for me it's if I can still maintain a, a level of like my normal life so if I can still um <laughs> show up to work I can still hang out with friends I can still do some things that I'm enjoying doing then I haven't been completely derailed by it um someone someone I think I can't remember who it was uh told told me an analogy about an oak tree and a willow so in a in the storm the oak tree um tries to stand really strong and um and then the branches get blown off and it's completely broken, but the willow kind of flexes in the wind and, and, and then kind of bounces back afterwards. and doesn't completely break, um, which I find, I find quite nice. So um, I still probably feel more like the oak tree, but <laughs> a few branches <laughs> missing. <laughs> it's funny you, should, you use that analogy actually, because when I was coming up, I was th- talking to friends about this podcast that I wanted to start on. I was, we were talking about um, names for it. One of my friends, hello, Chris, suggested about uh, the tree that bends, I think, as a, a kind ah, of name okay. for it. So it definitely yeah. fits in with that analogy. And I did like it, but I kind of wanted the word resilience in there in case people search for a resilience podcast. So. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't go with it. that, but it was a nice, I, I, I like that as well, that yeah, kind of yeah. just surrendering to what's happening in some form and keeping flexible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I'm. I'm not sure that it's all about bouncing back, because sometimes, you know, you you maybe you do have to lose a few branches. Like maybe you're not ever gonna be. You might have to like change your expectations on what you want to achieve, or maybe it's you know you have to your identity or how you see yourself does have to be adapted some way so so yeah m- maybe it's not about bouncing back to exactly mm-hmm. where you were beforehand like like the willow um somewhere in between perhaps yeah i think that if me in particular had an expectation that i was just going to bounce back and be where i was then i'm 
going to be disappointed. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I, you mentioned about identity, and that was definitely something that I wanted to ask you about because, I mean, you're a professional runner. I think at one point I saw you were able to, you were going to take some time off work, but I think that coincided with COVID and didn't happen. Uh, yes, I still, I still did it the, okay. year, the year later. Right. Yeah. So a professional runner, like you've got all this sponsorship, you're so known for your running. And then suddenly to not be able to run, particularly for that six six months where you couldn't walk. I mean, that must have been so hard. Were there times where you really kind of had to question who you were and what you what you were outside of running? Uh, yes, like every day. Oh, God. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's, it's I, I don't want to... Uh, yeah, I mean, you you've been through the same. So, um, so I've, yeah, I've I, never I, won Western States. <laughs> no, but you still like a big part of your life is yeah. running. Yeah, it was, and and also who I suppose for other people to see me, they knew me for my running as well. Yeah, yeah, and so I don't think it matters at what level you're running at. I think it's it's the same, and and it's yeah, if it's your biggest passion and it's your whole, it's not just about the physical aspect of it it's your whole community isn't it it's all your all your social interactions it's just yeah and and how other people see you um and and I I thought up until that point I was quite resilient I thought I wouldn't be that bothered if if I wasn't able to run I mean I didn't think it would have such a profound effect on me because I felt I felt like I'd I'd tried to to set my life up so that running wasn't everything, um, uh, and like as as you say, like I I have had some time off work, but you know I could have, like I've been running professionally for four years now, even though obviously obviously couldn't feel less like a runner now, but I you know I still have an income from running. I didn't have to work, but I didn't I didn't want my whole life to be about about running I didn't want it to be the most important thing in my life and was that because you were worried it could be taken away with an injury or was that for other reasons yeah I suppose yeah I, I knew that at any point that that it, it could all be taken away and and um but still it, it didn't work basically <laughs> right. when I, that was the plan but <laughs> yeah I I kind of always thought well if I couldn't run you know I would have a bit more time for work I'd probably get more sleep I'd probably be a bit happier because I wouldn't be so tired all the time and I could invest more time in like other work-related projects and things but in the reality uh, I I was had no interest in anything like I it it felt like the end of the world um yeah I didn't want to go to work I didn't want to I didn't want to do anything like I I really yeah I really struggled in in every aspect of my life and that's yeah when I realized that running was so so um yeah important for just setting up everything else that that I was doing um so so yes that I, I don't know what there are no lessons from from that point well all. I mean how has it changed now I mean I know that you've you're not in that place anymore it doesn't feel like it is it feels like there's been some shift and what's changed now from those early moments um I guess 
there's some degree of acceptance. Um, and I don't think there's any there's any answer to how to how to get to this point, but other than time. Um, and it it does really help to be able to do more physically. And going, going back to uh, what I said earlier about you thinking that I I seemed really resilient because I was going out on my bike, but but actually I think that's the that's the ultimate avoidance strategy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and and a better a better display of resilience would probably be not replacing running with anything and being totally okay with just being me and what I already had. Oh, we're getting into kind of um, Buddhist monk stages. Of, <laughs> I'm nowhere near that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so I don't think it's, it is a coping strategy for sure. But, you know, as coping strategies goes, they're probably, you know, I'm not drinking a bottle of vodka every night or, or I haven't developed any, any other like unhealthy habits. Um, and going back to kind of that social aspect of it as well. Um, I mean, if I think two things really helped me. First was kind of unfollowing a lot of runners on social media like maybe not my close friends <laughs> I still follow Marcus but um <laughs> just those kind of ones that were on the periphery were always just telling me how wonderful their training is and also the other thing was kind of seeking out friends who I've got friends who never ran they hate running like and they have really fulfilling happy lives <laughs> that I kind of hadn't thought about and I think like being surrounded by people that weren't runners really helped me like how did you cope with the social aspect of it yeah I I I, similar to you I did have to make a conscious probably more half-hearted attempt to disconnect from running um on social media and I haven't really unfollowed that many people because I I don't want to offend people. I have some. <laughs> you can people, mute you it, can mute them as well, Beth. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm obviously a bit more ruthless at that point. <laughs> but, but things things like not like I'm of it. I'm I still like the people I know and care about. I, I'm obviously still interested in what they're doing and things, but I perhaps wouldn't follow a race for the sake of following a race like like I might do before like I would follow a race if there was somebody that I knew and cared about doing it but but um but not just for the sheer passion of of, of the sport not and, for the love of the sport and is that just because um, you know that it'll be kind of just make you feel bad about your position and jealousy and just yeah don't trigger it yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's about avoiding triggers, mm. I guess. I'm not I'm not sure I'd say I'm I get jealous at all. I would say it's more like a sadness, I guess. Mm. Like a it's about it's a shame I can't do that or or about opportunities missed, I guess. I I wouldn't say I'm I'm jealous um as such. Um can't remember what the question was. So we were talking about, yeah, so unfollowing. And then 
what about the kind of friends that you see day to day? I mean, I guess I've had lots of friends that I saw through running that I just haven't seen. <laughs> I just don't see them anymore, like because I'm not going to be going for big long runs with them. And the, did your social circle kind of shrink a bit? Were you a bit more careful about who you were spending time with? Uh, yes, to some degree. Um, it was it was almost easier when we were living in the Midlands um, because we weren't surrounded by runners all the time. So, so for the people listening, we, we moved up to Cumbria um, about six months ago. So now we're in like the heart of the fell running community. So it it is a bit difficult to like I don't have many friends here that aren't runners. Um, so it hasn't, and I've I've change jobs as well so um so yeah it's it's great like people at work have no idea like <laughs> who the, the person that I the runner that I, I I used to be um but yeah it, it that's something that I've it, I have found really difficult actually um because you know you meet up with friends and obviously everyone talks about running all the time um but but the alternative is is having less connection which is is obviously difficult so so that's something I have really struggled with um and yeah do do need to change for sure I'm sure there's like WI or some other groups that we can get you in there (laughs) my my neighbor is a like who's I think about 75 or maybe older who's invited me to the in the village hall there's some sort of women's group (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can like, go there they're not like going to talk about running <laughs> I know but I think I would be the youngest person by about 40 years <laughs> look I've been going to my classes for my knee replacement for rehab and uh, okay I'm used to this crowd now <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then how about like your sponsorship I wondered if that was a kind of added pressure in terms of well if you want to kind of take the time you need to do the rehab, come back. And yeah, I wondered if it was adding a little bit of pressure for you there or or if it's just helped you with being supportive financially and maybe accessing extra um, medical help as well, I guess. Um, it certainly did feel like a pressure last year. Um, yeah, I, I did feel that I needed to like earn my place on the team as such and perhaps I did try and go back to running a little bit too early um it's it's obviously nice that that I'm still being supported although it definitely won't last forever um but it, it on the other hand it has made it harder to disconnect from running um because I still have to you know, I still have to, to post on social media and and have various obligations to sponsors and things, um, which which perhaps I, perhaps I would have been able to disconnect a bit more if I hadn't had that hadn't had that. Um, but at the same time, like I I can't complain. I'm obviously in a, like a really fortunate position. Um. On. No, it's no. I thought you were going to say something else. I was like, <laughs> uh, well, it's a, a slightly, a slightly different to- 
slightly uh, different topic that I I I thought of. Um, I think the main, and I don't know how you're, if if you've experienced something similar, that initially, so this is something I didn't do very well. Initially, I I put too much emphasis on the physical recovery, um, and and spent put no physical or mental energy towards like the mental side of it um and and at the beginning when you're when you're struggling you think that that I can fix this just by fixing my body so you know and that's the thing that comes comes easily um can do all the you know all the physio exercises do like absolutely everything like in your power to recover physically um but kind of neglect the the, yeah, the the mental side of it um and men, people have you know suggested me oh have you had any like um uh, have you spoken to a sports psychologist or anything and I'm like no no because I won't need to because I'll just get better and then I you know I, I won't need to speak to a psychologist I'll be fine again as long as I can just get get better um and actually something that would have been something that had been would 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 have been really really useful yes yeah I think when I was had like chronic fatigue syndrome so I was like bed bound for a bit of time and yeah Marcus is like you need why don't you go see a counsellor and at the time it's like well they're not going to take away my illness so what's the point (laughs) like I just need to get better and then I'll be fine. Um, So yeah, that's something that you might do differently. And were there any other aspects of the kind of mental side of it that you would do differently? Uh, I mean, yeah, but I haven't figured that out yet. (laughs) (laughs) Like like, I haven't done it very well, but I, I, I I don't, I don't know what the answer is Mm. other than like time is the best healer and yeah, getting some, (laughs) some help from people that actually um under, understand what you might be going through i i think that it it is even though connection has been really really important there are few people that can really relate um and so often it's and and people even with like the best intentions can can say things that that are slightly triggering or, or make things worse when they're when they're really you know wanting to make things better so I, I have like connected with a few people who've been through similar things and that has been I, I probably should have have done that more and, and, and that's one of the things that's been been really really helpful yeah one of the kind of common things that I get are people being ridiculously positive and I know where it's coming from it'll probably come under like toxic positivity of (laughs) you will run you'll get better if anyone can do it you'll do it and you know when you just actually you just want to talk through what the advice is from the surgeons and what's going on and how you might not all finish with me you know doing some triumphant ultra at the end of it when I've got two knee replacements so yeah I've found and I think it comes from a really good place that people want obviously want me to get better and want me to get back running and it comes maybe from a place where they don't really like the discomfort of me talking about well actually I might just have to give up this area of my life and 
find other things that bring me joy. Um, but yeah, that was something that I found quite common in the last few years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and um, yeah, the notion that all you need is determination. The more determined you are, the, the better you'll be. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's a common thing you see you people who, you know, on social media or things, people who have been through, I suppose, much more minor injuries and yeah, it's all about just grit and determination and then everything will be okay. And there are, there are various kind of unhelpful slogans that people use. <laughs> Things like trust, trust the process. Um, yeah. That's something that, that I find really, everyone just, yeah, everyone says to me, I'll just trust the process. I'm like, well, there's, that doesn't really work in all circumstances because you can try a process for a while. And if the process doesn't work, you have to, try a different process and and that's the only way that I've made progress so far is through mistrusting the process I suppose being <laughs> skeptical of this process and finding a different process exactly 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 yeah. but I mean you said about like I suppose thinking back to you and your training and these amazing results that you got there's so much to me that just says discipline and I yeah, like you're saying, oh, you can do all your rehab every day. I mean, I still struggle some days to actually do all my rehab and do my exercises, even though it's going to take 10 minutes. And um, I suppose it's when I've lost a bit of faith and a bit of kind of hope and that things are happening. I mean, how how easy have you found it? Have you treated it like your training plan where it's like, I'm going to do this every day? Or has it been a bit more kind of random like mine has? Um. I've been been pretty good. Oh. <laughs> okay, how do I become pretty good? <laughs> but, but that's the thing. I guess it's because it's one of the few things I can control. Mm. But at the same time, like I, you know, I've been doing this for eighteen months now, and um, it's it's not working. So am I am I wasting like, like I haven't been doing the same exercise for 18 months like we've been trying different strategies and things but but um you know it's probably a lot of the time not not helping but I do it because it's the thing I can control I suppose and it's yeah for me so I I know that I'm doing everything everything I can but actually probably it's it's you know, when, when I have, when I have got better for short periods or seen improvements, I don't think it's been anything to do with the rehab exercise. It's been other things that, that I've changed. So, so I wouldn't worry too much. <laughs> I mean, but I'll try. <laughs> I kind of know I feel better after I've done them, but it's somehow there's sometimes some days that it doesn't go to, too well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and kind of what's, what's your feeling at the moment do you have hope that you will at some point in the future get back to the running will it be at the level that you were or does that fluctuate those kind of levels of hope yeah um so so no one tells me that I won't be able to run again as in if I was I don't know that a healthcare professionals would say that this is sometimes a career-ending injury, but most of the time it gets better. Um, and sometimes it's six months and sometimes it's 10 years. 
So, so it probably will get better at some point, but there's no guarantee it will. Um, so I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> and are you like, okay I, with not knowing anymore? Or do you, are you somebody who will put like kind of get a timeline in your head and be like, this is what's going to happen? Because for me, I, I don't do that. I don't find that helpful because I just end up disappointed. So I'm getting yeah, used so- to the kind of, I don't know what's going to be happening in a few years. All I can focus on is, you know, these little wins and these little improvements that I can see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, early in the injury, I was given timelines and yeah, it, it, like you, it was always dis- a disappointment. Um, so, and and now whatever anyone says to me, like, it's, it's really clear that I have, like, <laughs> no one has any idea. Um, so I, I guess I'm, I, yeah, I can't, I can't plan ahead. Um, and that's, I'm guessing that you had like those years of races, the things on your list where you were wanted to be and all that's just up in the air. Yes. Oh, sorry. That's yeah. really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, um, really sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it's, it's this, you're, you know, you're going through this, the same thing. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. Um, when I, this was about, it's probably like 14, 15 years ago now. I, I was um, a rower at university. Um, so I was a lightweight rower and I did it to quite a high level. I was training with the high performance squad and things and taking that pretty seriously. And um, I had to give up rowing um, because, well, I basically, I was in the middle of medical school and I, I, I was basically training like a full-time athlete. And and then you start the clinical years of medical school and you have to be in the hospital all day. And it it so basically I had to make the decision to to quit rowing. And it feels what I'm going through now really, really similar to what I went through then. Um, this kind of yeah, you've you've lost your whole community, I guess. Um and and now I can look back on that time and think, well, if I'd carried on rowing, I wouldn't have become an ultra runner. <laughs> like I would have missed out on this entire period of my life. So, so yeah, may, maybe in six months' time, I will be I will be running at a high level again. Or maybe in ten years' time, I I will have never run again. But it would have opened up to some completely different chapter of my life. Um, so, so yeah, I think having been through it to some extent before, um, is, is helpful in it. And yeah, I, I know deep down, like I'm going to look back on this when I'm, when I'm old and, and think that it's a really, it was really trivial, a really like trivial thing to be, to be you know like dwelling over so much I I hope anyway um and and already like it has opened up some opportunities that that I wouldn't have otherwise contemplated doing like cycling cycling (laughs) uh, 1000 
300 commentaries. So that is on my list to ask you about. I mean, <laughs> again, that's why I thought that you were coping so well. It's like, she's got a fitness. She can just go off and do that. I'm like, I'd struggle to, well, I went out on my bike for 40 minutes and it was, it was really tough. <laughs> like little yeah. kids coming past me. <laughs> so well, you, yeah. You can build up to it. Um, <laughs> like how do you, I guess it was like, I was thinking when I, my final appointment with my surgeon before I went forward for the knee, first knee replacement and he was like, we've, we've reached the end of the road. We've tried everything. And I came out in tears. I sat in my van and I text Marcus. There's nothing else we're going to have to. And, and like Marcus's reply, uh, and I don't blame him for this because he doesn't know what to say, but it was like, can you go cycling? <laughs> and it's like... I don't love cycling as much as I love running. Like running's my thing. And anyway, so I'm kind of, yes, I'm getting around to the idea of cycling, but it's, I wondered if it was a passion for you or if it is that kind of second choice sport. It's definitely second choice. (laughs) And it's funny that Marcus said that. It's the exact same thing that like my parents would say, for example, (laughs) like who they, they just don't. I mean, Marcus understands. My parents don't really understand. But um, yeah, like I would prefer to be running. And mm. and even, you know, now I have like some more kind of cycling plans for this year. But but like running is the priority. I, I would much prefer to be running. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think planning to do this race, it was actually uh, – um, I think it was like October, November, we we entered quite quite late and it was actually because I was having such a tough time. I was like, I just, I don't know how I'm going to get through the winter. <laughs> like, this is so hard. Like, I just have, I've got nothing. I mean, it sounds really depressing, but yeah, I've, I've got nothing to look forward to. Like, I just can't, I don't know how I'm going to get through the next few months. This is, I'm really, really struggling. And yeah, we saw this race and thought, maybe maybe we'll apply to do it they definitely won't let us in because we've got zero bikepacking experience and um but yeah yeah they did and and yeah it 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 really helped um it really helped and but as I said before I, I think it's it's just a it's avoidance it and even you know we were cycling for like 20 hours a day for a week and it was the most amazing thing in the world, I think, because I didn't have to confront any difficult emotions. Like, yes, there was physical discomfort, um, but yeah, I didn't think about my injury at all, or or like what would happen after the race, or next physio appointment, or you know, the next steps with the injury. And so that was was really really refreshing. Yeah, and like there must have been some sleep deprivation I didn't think you were getting like 12 hours a night or anything like there was a physically pushing I mean how did it compare to those like Cape Wrath and Spine experiences or was it not quite to that level it was so much harder was it so much harder. <laughs> hear that yeah. runner spine's easy <laughs> yeah like in what the, way the, I should I should try and so I'm a bit more into cycling after that race actually before I was like uh it's you know like I prefer to be running and I still prefer to be running but I have to say um this ultra cycling thing is it's quite an interesting sport (laughs) 
it's it's um the thing i do kind of like about it um is that there's not really very much emphasis on who wins and who loses yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which is something that i guess i now i'm out of running as a sport like i look back look back on and think like similar to what we were talking about at the beginning like why why are people congratulating me on running fast because it's much easier like the it's much easier to win a race than be the person who has a terrible time and walks all the way around like it it makes no sense right i don't deserve i don't deserve to be congratulated for this um and and yeah ultra cycling they they don't they don't really care like yeah like maybe the winner gets a little bit more attention but it's really about the adventure um and yeah that's the other part of it it's like running races so easy in terms of like the logistics yes and um the predictability like you know exactly where you're going like you know exactly where you'll be able to pick up food and water and things whereas this race like you know it was it really felt like an adventure we didn't know when we were next gonna find food or you may know that there's going to be a shop in 100 kilometers but you don't know how like the terrain of 100 kilometers where you're going to arrive at that shop in the middle of the night when it's closed and you have to go another 100 kilometers and yeah it was it was it was really interesting um that part of it so I I would recommend it as a sport (laughs) I've I have got some in my diary for this year but then I did have a well, the first one is in June and that's like a non-competitive one. And then there is a more competitive one at the end of the year. And I did kind of, I suppose it was part of me was like questioning why I wanted to do that. Like one of the physios that was getting me strong before the surgery was like, go into mountain biking. You want to be like, there's so many things you can do. You want them to be like, oh, look, she's on the start line. They're really worried about it. And I was like, mm. like now I'm like, firstly, I don't want to push my body too much. Like I kind of, I want to work with it and I don't want to have weeks of sleep deprivation and recovery. Like I just want everything to be as good as it can be. And secondly, I don't know, like it was kind of a wider, like I've had so much time away from competitive running. It's like, I guess it's going back to that identity thing. Like I don't need to be doing these big races. I don't need to be doing extraordinary things because I'm quite happy with just who I am pottering around making my cups of tea at home. (laughs) So I don't know. Like I was kind of thinking I have got these things in the diary, but I'm not sure the why yet and the why I'm doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm also Um, worried about punctures and things going wrong on my bike, which is about 10 years old. uh, You'll have to get Marcus to do it with you, presuming (laughs) that he's he's better (laughs) bikes than than you. No. Um, uh, Okay. Um, yeah, that terrifies me as well. I, oh, I did okay, the race. Good. I did the race in Morocco with my husband. So um, he, he, I said I wanted to do it, and he said, "Well, I'll have to come because what if your bike breaks?" <laughs> <laughs> I know I've signed up for some bike maintenance courses. Actually, that was oh, my kind of get okay. over that barrier. Um, so yeah, I, I have got things because otherwise I was a bit worried. Like you don't need to worry about that with running. Like you can kind of tape stuff up. <laughs> you get problems with your feet it's not quite the same yeah, is it it's it's not the same <laughs> at all um I don't, I don't know you you might find it refreshing in that because you're coming in 
it's something completely new that you won't want to be competitive or feel any need to be competitive. Um, like I, I don't feel any need to be competitive at all. And as I said, I don't know the, the it's not really people don't really care as much who wins. <laughs> um, so for me, that it feels really nice to go into a race with that attitude. And how was the recovery from that race? Like, and how you said it was kind of physically, it was harder than some of the runs that you've done. Um, I mean, it was only a few weeks ago, it feels like, since you finished that race. Um, physically, the recovery is fine. Like, your legs are fine after <laughs> cycling, but it was. <laughs> you don't yeah. have like swollen feet and blisters, or are they, are they in different areas? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, goodness. Um, um, we will have to talk about, I have to give you some <laughs> saddle sore <laughs> tips at the end. Yeah, that was really bad. Oh, really was bad. it? Okay. Yeah. So there are some similarities uh, with ultra running where uh, you've got those kind of... <laughs> yeah, but your legs are basically fine. It's just the sleep deprivation. And because it, I've never done anything that's gone on for seven days before. Um, was Kate Rath the longest that, Yeah, that was probably four and a half days or something. Um. And so, yeah, it was, it took, I was so tired for for so long. Yeah, I just wanted to sleep all the time. That was the main thing. <laughs> and eat. Um, and eat. And yeah, eat. Yeah. And yeah. the race, well, not race, we'll call them events. Events that you've got coming up. Are you going, are you doing those with Matt as well? Or are you doing those solo? Um, well, solo. Um <laughs> The, the main so the other thing that's good about this sport in comparison to running is that they're so much more proactive with getting women to do them so we think that things are changing in the world of trail and ultra running there is much more of a shift to encourage female participation but nowhere near in the same way as 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 in ultra cycling so if you're a woman i think you can basically do any race you want <laughs> um so so yeah that's why I'm doing it on my own <laughs> and this <laughs> is the are we, are we are we all right talking about is this like the length of Britain yeah well it's not actually confirmed that I'm doing it yet okay sorry um, but but hopefully yeah hopefully. <laughs> I'll edit it out if it's if no 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 it's, it. it's it's not a secret but they haven't, haven't, I'm sure um, I read it on your Instagram it's not a secret yeah but you had to post on your in you had to post okay with the hashtag and everything when you're entering oh I see that wasn't the confirmation that it was all so that's not the confirmation oh okay I like this kind no. of secrecy <laughs> um, right okay I don't oh, well I hope you yet. will do that because I think I think when you get to checkpoints during the race they verify you're there by you taking a picture and posting it I think oh okay so you don't right and I, I think yeah it's a whole other world, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Oh. And like, how much are you looking forward to that? Are you going to approach it as it's just a bit of fun and distraction and away from a life? Or will you get a training program? Are you going to follow kind of a rigid structure as you approach it? I, I, I don't know. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I don't, um, I'll, I'll say no. I'll say no for now. Like genuinely, I'm not. I don't. I couldn't care less about like doing well. I'd like to be able to like not get 
to I'd like to like enjoy some of it so not be really unfit but I'm really yeah I'm not if if I if I try and train properly it's more for me to feel good about having some sort of training routine rather than about performing well in the race okay and are you not generally kind of you wouldn't call yourself a competitive person or is that something that now you've had that a time away from running that you think you've kind of lost a little bit of that competitive edge because I had you down as being competitive because you win things I don't think I I don't think I am very competitive by nature no (laughs) no I don't think you have to be very competitive in ultra running because you're you're most of the time you're just running your own race right and if you happen to your own race happens to be faster than someone else's own race then you win the race but I'm uh, no I wouldn't say I'm (laughs) that competitive (laughs) no ah well thank you I mean that's we've finished on a kind of positive because we're gonna head to cycling I mean is there any kind of points that for anyone listening that's going through either a long-term injury or worried that they're not going to get back to something they love which could be not a sport something else what's what are the key pieces of advice that you'd give there I think that there's always hope that you will like you will feel better as in not that you'll recover physically but time is is like really really valuable and it when you're going through those times when you think you know I'm never going to be happy again because I can't run or, or whatever that you will not feel like that forever I think that's where there's hope mm. Yeah, that's a really good message. And I've also kind of found that it takes a bit of time, but you will find joy in other things and and unexpected things as well. And hopefully I'll find joy in the cycling this year. <laughs> oh, yes. I, yeah, I, you will for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for your time, Beth. And I really hope that we see you out on the trails or the bike or doing whatever it is that you end up doing soon. Yeah. And yeah, I hope I hope I see you out there too. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Resilience Rising podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please do help people find us by hitting subscribe, leaving a review or sharing us with others. Thank you so much and see you next time on the Resilience Rising podcast.